Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our chapel service for today. We're glad that you are joining us online. Mark and I are here. Uh, Welcome here. In the room again. And uh, thanks to Andrew for running things behind the camera and behind the microphones for us. We really appreciate the work that uh, he is doing. And um, so students, uh, we're still online, of course, and just want to encourage you to make sure that you're always on time and that you're attentive and that you're present and engaged. It's a learning opportunity for all of us, um, faculty and students, as we kind of navigate these waters. In fact, faculty, we're going to have an online meeting tomorrow to discuss, um, you know, ideas about what's our online teaching experience been like and ways that we can improve it. So... Perhaps students, if you want to send an email to your professor saying, well, here's some ideas or some suggestions, uh, I know we'd appreciate uh, receiving that. Um, just a couple of announcements. I have one and then Mark will have one as well. But we want to welcome uh, viewing today uh, Jake and Peggy Leverett. And we want to thank you for, thank them for their donation, um, which is making available the uh, book Born Crucified. Uh, it was written by Ellie Maxwell. And what you will do is, if you want a copy of this, and this is available to students, faculty, and staff, uh, there's a hundred copies available. Not quite anymore, because... Uh, <laughs> I got the first one yesterday. So they tested it. Yeah, so there's 99, and um, what you'll get is a $5 gift card to Amazon so that you can purchase the book. And so you, if you uh, are interested in that and uh, want to get a copy of that, then you need to email library at prairie.edu. Uh, Veronica, the library, is taking care of that for us, and we thank her for that. And so if you'd like a, an e-copy of that book, uh, just email library at prairie.edu, and the first 99 will get that. So uh, it's a great gift, and we want to thank uh, the Leverett's for making that uh, reality for us. Yes, thank you, Jake and Peggy, for all you've done over many, many decades. They're now in their 90s and have been delightful friends of the school for like the last 70 years, and we're just so grateful for you. Thank you. And you have an announcement. Yes, yes, yes. I got a really cool call yesterday afternoon uh, from Samaritan's Purse. So this is to let you all know about an opportunity. Um, not many of you will be able to take advantage of this, but you might know someone who could. And so um, Samaritan's Purse called yesterday morning to ask, um, could they reach into our, especially alumni, especially of the PN programs and the PCP programs? Because they are about ready to send a team. I think they're planning to send one in the middle of April and one in the beginning of May for between four and six weeks to Italy. So while most of us are trying to isolate, Samaritan's Purse is working at going into the hot spot to see if they can help. And they're inviting us to be partners with them in it. I am very, very excited about this opportunity. I don't know if that twigs a, a nerve in your, in your uh, mind of, that's good or bad, but I think it's amazing and very, very cool for us as fellow Christians to partner up together and go to reach into one of these greatest needs. So they're sending, um, they have a mobile hospital there or a field hospital. Um, they ha it's 68 beds. Um, here's the deal. All expenses are paid 
People who go are fully insured. They're paid while they go, and they're paid also for the two weeks after they come back, which would be the quarantine time. The coverage ratio is two patients per professional in their hospital, and that's what they're trying to maintain for quality purposes. And the reality in the rest of Italy is eight patients per professional, which shows how overwhelmed Italy is in dealing with this crisis. And so Samaritan's Purse is stepping in to try and help out. And I'm excited about that. There will be an email going out this afternoon from Kendi that'll tell you a little bit more about it. If you would forward it to any of your licensed practitioners, PNs and PCP, first responders, um, maybe we'd have some that would want to go and would help out. I think that's just really, really cool. Samaritan's Purse is also online. Greetings to you. We're grateful for the partnership. Well, that's uh, quite an opportunity. Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, take, a look, uh, take a look at that email when it comes out a little later today. Well, today our speaker is Hannah Landon. She is the program coordinator for our Explore program, and she is out in Nordig. So she's at yeah. Frontier Lodge. And so she recorded her message yesterday, but she's going to continue in the series that we're in as we've been looked at in the fall uh, on the I Am Sayings of Jesus. And then this semester we've been looking at, okay, so in light of who Jesus is, who am I as I am in relationship with him? And so uh, I'll let Hannah give the introduction to what she's going to to say to us today. But uh, before she begins, let's bow together in prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in many different places as your community. And we don't know um, what's coming up and what's ahead of us, but you do. And we depend upon your ongoing work in our lives. And so we ask through the work of your spirit that you would touch our lives today and that the message that you've given to Hannah for us would encourage us and challenge us and help us to walk the path that you have for us this day. So bless us now as we hear from her. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to chapel this morning. Um, I'm sorry I can't be there with you all in person, but I'm glad that I can be here even in digital format. And I'm excited to jump into our theme for today with you, which is strengthened and protected so that you may stand. And we'll be primarily using a passage from Ephesians to talk through this today. Um, and I think there's a lot of thoughts that God gives us here in this passage that are very applicable to our current season. So let's jump into it. So the passage I'm working from today is a passage that's probably really familiar to all of you. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, and I'll read it for you. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, 
and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So last summer, I spent a fair bit of time researching and reflecting on the Armor of God passage in Ephesians, and I learned some interesting things that seem applicable in our current season. So before studying the passage, I used to think of the different parts of the Armor of God as things I had to earn or work for. So to have the breastplate of righteousness, I needed to be super righteous. And to have feet fitted with the readiness that comes of the gospel of peace, I needed to go out and share the gospel, maybe be a missionary in some distant place. I thought of the armor pieces in terms of doing. I had to do the right things to have the protection of God and to achieve what God, had, God wanted for me. After studying this passage, however, I realized that my thinking was opposite of what the passage is actually saying. When we read this passage, the ideas in it are framed in this way. So here's how it starts out. It starts out saying that we're in a battle, but our battle isn't against people, but against evil forces in the world, specifically the devil. And then it goes on to say that to be protected from those evil forces and to fight against those evil forces, we have been given everything we need in the armor of God. The armor of God isn't something we earn, it's a gift that each believer has, and our job is to accept what is already ours and not to earn it. So the point of the armor of God is to help us stand. So this word stand in that passage is repeated, I think, four times, and it's telling us that regardless of difficulty, challenge, or trial that Satan, our enemy, will throw at us, the armor of God allows us to remain steadfast. And the foundation of how we're able to remain steadfast is found in our feet. So I think that um, this phrase over and over of to stand, to stand, to stand, directly connects to this idea of our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So um, this might sound weird at first, but then you think about in the context of when this passage was written. In Roman times, wars were based on the mass of two armies. So you have one army against the other army, and they're pushing against each other. And so you can have armor and weapons and all these things, but what's really winning the battle for you is if your army can have more mass than the other army, knock them down, and then, right, you kill them. So in battle, Roman soldiers wore hobnail boots that rooted their feet to the ground. Now, this here is just like one of my hiking boots. Um, it's got some tread and traction on it, but what you can do, this isn't a hobnail boot, these are crampons, but imagine having something like these to root you into the ground in battle. So we use crampons obviously for ice climbing, but it's a similar idea to provide an illustration contrasting this boot with this boot. And if you have two armies of equal mass, the army that's going to be able to withstand is the one rooted into the ground. It's this one. So whichever army was able to remain rooted to the ground was victorious, and the opposing army was toppled. And so for us as Christians, our ability to stand despite adversity is entirely rooted in the gospel of peace, 
More specifically, the rooted in the work of Christ, who has given us peace with God and empowered us to remain righteous, filled with truth, steadfast, etc. Through our connection with Christ, we're made new, empowered, and spiritually strong and righteous. So the passage is teaching us that we remain within God's spiritual protection and empowerment as we abide in Christ and the work that he has done. So here's the thing that I think is tough for many of us Westerns to understand, Western Christians to understand, uh, probably specifically right now with everything going on with COVID, because our lives are characterized by so much comfort. God's protection doesn't shield us from discomfort. Rather, it empowers us to remain present in this world and yet be protected from the evil one, namely Satan. So God doesn't protect us to keep us comfortable. He protects our souls from Satan and empowers us to spread the goodness of God. Experiencing discomfort doesn't mean that God doesn't love us or protect us. And if we don't understand this truth, when discomfort hits, we are really prone to being toppled. The passage says to put on the armor of God so that when the day of the devil comes, we may stand. It doesn't say if. The passage is clear that we live in a cosmic confrontation with an enemy who wants to destroy us, body, mind, soul, and spirit. So our ability to be part of God's work in the world can only stem from remaining rooted in him. And to remain rooted, we need to realize that sometimes a life of faith is going to be deeply challenging and that those challenges do not signify that God has left us. And here I want to emphasize what I think is the most important truth in the Ephesians passage. We can grow in skill and knowledge in regard to the different pieces of the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, etc. But if we are not rooted in the gospel, we are easily toppled when we're attacked. And that toppling is actually where the defeat happens, right? So for us, what does it mean to have our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace? I think it means many things, but at its core, what I think it means is the radical acceptance that Christ extends to us. So earlier in Ephesians, Ephesians 2 is describing how while we are still following Satan, positioned as God's enemies, Christ didn't fight us. Rather, he fought Satan and accepted us. The love of Christ accepted us while we were still enemies, before we'd done anything good. We didn't do anything to earn it. And that love brought us into his family and then clad us in God's protection. And I think that the deeper we allow the presence and acceptance of Christ to soak into our lives, the more effective we can be in our battle against Satan. If we believe that we are accepted, even if we can't perform, for example, and I believe that this is a lie, this lie of performance equaling value is probably a lie that's confronting a lot of folks in our culture right now as so many people are facing being laid off from work. When we believe that our performance doesn't equal our value, we can also extend acceptance to others, especially in our society where we may not be able to We don't always value people the same way if they can't perform in ways that our culture says is acceptable and good. So think about less able people who are sometimes marginalized in our culture because deep down our culture really believes that performance equals value. And if we can break that own lie, that lie in our own lives, 
we can live out the truth of God's acceptance for all people, regardless of ability, um, in every area of our life, in every area of society. Or if we believe that Jesus accepts and loves us, even in the middle of our deepest secret sins, those secret dark places start to lose the power of shame, and we can walk in greater freedom. Every area where we trust Jesus to accept us is one less area where Satan can try to blindside us and knock us down. And as the acceptance of Christ becomes a deeper reality for us, we see that coronavirus or fear or disappointment, none of these things can change our standing with Christ. And my hope and prayer for all of us is that we will accept the armor and protection of God as a gift, not as something we have to earn. Um, and a way to do that is just to pray that over that passage over yourself every day and tell God, I accept the gifts you've given me. And that in our current season, uh, a current season where we're experiencing more solitude, slowness, and quiet, that in this season, Christ will meet us to show us new depths of his unconditional love and acceptance for each of his people. From this sense of rootedness, we will be able to withstand and defeat all forms of evil in this world and extend the goodness of God to all of creation. And I read this really great quote today. It was very simple. It reads, wherever you are standing, stand. And I want to encourage all of us today with the knowledge that we have the power to do that and that our ability to remain steadfast is ultimately rooted in this radical truth that Jesus Christ extends acceptance to us that is almost unbelievable. And so I hope and pray that we can all rest in that today. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Let me just close in prayer. Thank you, Hannah, for that message. Our Father, we thank you for this calling, this calling on us to stand firm, to stand steadfast in your steadfast love, to be present in the world with your presence. So we ask you for that gift of your presence to give us the courage to stand in each of our places, whether it's on hospital wards, or behind cameras, or in other places, or in phantom pulpits, we ask that you would help us to bring your presence into those places and help us to reflect your love to all these people. We thank you so much for your love and this call. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We will see you next week.